And Josue, uh, Pastor Josue Valerio is the uh, sort of a head of all, you know, uh, mission activities, uh, missionaries and coordinators. And actually, he is uh, leaving for Mexico City this afternoon, taking some medical school students from Galveston, UT Galveston, and also Rice University pre-med students to organize uh, uh, medical missions. And on that note, yes, why, how many of you work in the, uh, 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 what is that, the uh, health industry, hospital, healthcare workers? Yeah. Why don't you stand? Let me see. Hand is, uh, stand up where you are. Stand up. Don't be shy. Don't lie. We know who you are. Please stand up. Medical school students, stand up, stand up, and stand. Okay. Many are missing today. Where are all the dentists? Anyway, please, thank you. If our church like ours do not, do, you know, we don't do the medical mission, shame on us. We have more medical people than anybody. So there are many reasons, but uh, Pastor Oswe will share God's word, and let's welcome him. Thank you, Pastor Kim. Appreciate it. It's a joy to be here with you all. This is the first time I'm uh, in this location. Um, I had not, I've been to the other location, the older one, uh, the uh, First Baptist Plano, but um, on behalf of our executive director that is retiring pretty soon, <laughs> uh, bring greetings, Dr. David Hardish, um, and uh, he's my boss, and uh, we are so uh, fortunate, you know, to have worked with him. But um, today I want to I wanna start by acknowledging and recognizing that uh, this is the first Sunday that you are celebrating, the first Sunday of Advent. And uh, this gives us the opportunity to focus as a congregation on hope, okay, on hope. The hope that only God offers through uh, the Lord Jesus Christ to a lost, lost and dying world. The Lord came, came down. And rescue humanity by sending his son as a sacrifice um, for our sins so that we could be free from the, the bondage of sin and become fully part of God's people, the family of God. And um, I think there's a verse that all of us know, okay? So I'm going to ask you to uh, repeat with me John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen? So uh, I'm, I'm going to, the topic today is uh, ascending God, descending God, uh, a missionary God, okay? God is, uh, and I'll be using different scriptures, so, uh, you know, be ready with the, your Bible, New Testament <clears throat> on this. God is ascending God, a missionary God. He sent his one and only Son, and then he sent the Holy Spirit, and we are Trinitarians. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit today sends the church, that is all of us, okay, to, this, uh, to the world, to those that are not yet God's people, so that they can become God's people. God has a mission, okay, and that is to reconcile the world, the to redeem the world, okay, to redeem all of creation. And he has chosen us 
his people, the church, okay, to participate in, um, in his mission. So that is wonderful, okay? God is a church. We are the church and um, for his mission in the world. The mission is grounded in God himself as a Trinitarian God. And the mission belongs to God. It's not ours. You know, I'm the director of the Center for Missional Engagement for Texas Baptist. We're a state convention, okay? Not a national convention, a state convention, okay? But the Lord has really blessed us. We are not a missions agency, okay? We're just a mission center. But we're mobilizing churches and, uh, and, and uh, church groups. You know, I used to work for 20-something years. I worked with uh, Baptist Student Ministry on the college campus. Uh, I noticed on the announcements that uh, uh, some of you will be going to Urbana, a missions conference. That is wonderful, okay? Uh, because God wants to use us, okay, and in his mission, to fulfill his, his mission. So we're not a, a missions agency, but we're mobilizing God's people to, to fulfill the mission of God, the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Jesus taught, and he expects his church to fulfill the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. But it will be kind of hard for us to make disciples of the world, the entire world, of all nations, if we do not love God and love our neighbors. Amen? Now, I am, um, by birth, I am Mexican. My father was from Bastrop, Texas. My mother was from Mexico. I was born in Mexico on the border, Matamoros. Okay, that's where I was born. Okay, so, but God has called me and you to reach the world. Not just the people that are like me or like us, but to reach the world. So, you know, I, uh, I remember when I came uh, for the first time to the, well, to live in the U.S. I have been coming all the time because of, uh, shopping to, to the U.S. because I, I used to live on the border. Brownsville and Matamoros. And, um, but to live here. And I remember when a coach, uh, uh, he was a um, biology teacher. And he asked me to read, no, history, I'm sorry, history teacher. He asked me to read a book in English. I did not know English, okay? So I stood up and I started reading English like if I was reading Spanish, and then the coach did not know how to tell me in a nice way, uh, Josue, please, uh, please stop. You know, thank you for reading. Uh, we're going to ask somebody else to read. <laughs> but that was my first experience, okay? And, and I realized, you know, that, that experience makes you feel uncomfortable, okay? Even if, even if you're not embarrassed, even if you're an outgoing person, okay? It, it, it's uncomfortable, to read, um, in this case, from an English book, uh, like if I was reading in my own language, you know, which is Spanish. But that's what God's called us to do, okay? Uh, to get out of our comfort zone. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that because he's a missionary God. He sends us, okay, into the world. <clears throat> Not just to reach the people that are like us, but to reach all nations, uh, Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says, All authority, the Lord says this, All authority in heaven and in, in, or on earth, earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of this age. This has been God's plan from the beginning. In the Old Testament, most of the time we read from the New Testament about missions and about the Great Commission and about starting churches and the missionary uh, journeys of Paul. But this has been God's plan, the mission of God from the Old Testament. And, uh, and we need to, uh, what will you call it? We need to read the scripture with the uh, eyes or the glasses, okay, of missions. A missional reading of scripture. Because that, that is from the beginning, okay? So what does it mean for us to, as a church to be committed to God's mission? The great commandment and the great commission, okay? God's mission. What does it mean to engage and participate in the hope that we celebrate at Christmas, and that is Christ? Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Colossians, the church at Colossae, in chapter 1, verse 27. starts talking about that Christ is the image of the invisible God. And it's wonderful the way he describes Christ as the creator, okay? As the head of the church, and so on and so forth. And he says then this to the church in Colossae, okay? To them, to the church, to God's people. God has chosen to make known among those that are not God's people, the Gentiles, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you. Christ, the image of the invisible God in us, the hope of glory. Amen? That is wonderful. This is what we're celebrating today as the first Sunday of Advent, okay? The hope that God has given us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So let's look at a couple of Old Testament scriptures. I'm going to start in the, the book of Genesis. In fact, only two scriptures in Genesis. They talk about that hope, about God's intention, about God's plan, about the mission of God for the world. In Genesis chapter 12, Verse 1, this is what the Lord said to Abram. Abram is the same person as Abraham, and you know the story, okay? This is what the Lord said to Abram. Leave your country. Leave your people. Leave your father's household. Now, if you're an immigrant like me, we know what it means to leave <laughs> uh, our people. To leave our country, to leave uh, the place where we're at home. We feel at home. So this is what the Lord said to Abram, leave your country. The sending God said to Abram, leave. And today, the sending God is telling us the same thing. My people, my church, I have redeemed you for a purpose. Leave. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, we leave the church, okay? We're not talking about leaving the church, okay? We're talking about Getting out of our comfort zone to bring the message of hope, of good news, to those that are not yet God's people. Amen? So that, that's what we're talking about. That's what uh, God said to Abraham and says, you know, leaving that which is familiar to us, leaving the areas where we feel comfortable. In, in some cases, it might uh, mean that we sacrifice something in order for us to bring the message of good news to those, uh, to the lost. 
What happens when we leave our, when we leave our place of comfort? We become vulnerable, okay? And when we become vulnerable, we reach a point where we realize that we're not in control. You know, Pastor uh, Kim said uh, that uh, I'm going to Mexico City, and we're going to plan a, a medical mission trip for the spring break. You know what happens when we're in a mission trip? We're not in control of things. We are so used to being in control of things. If you read in Luke chapter 10, when the Lord is sending the 70 Jewish males to a region that was not predominantly Jewish, and he tells them, don't bring anything extra. Whatever they give you, eat. Whatever they give you to drink, drink. In other words, we're not in control of things. We're... You know, to be vulnerable, to leave our place of comfort means that God is in control. And we're going to depend 100% in God. Amen? Now, of course, if it's a medical mission trip, um, either we take with us some medications or we buy them over there, okay? <laughs> so uh, that, that, that's, that's part of what we, um, we do on a mission trip. So we'll, we'll be taking uh, medical students uh, from uh, UT Galveston, pre-med from uh, Rice University. Uh, we'll be, you know, and I invite you if you'd like to go. This is going to be second week in March, spring break. And um, we'll be working with uh, doctors from the U.S. and doctors from Mexico in, in areas that are very um, poor in Mexico City. Mexico City, the population of Mexico City, I think you will understand this, Okay. The population of Mexico City is very close to the population of Texas. But that is just in one city. Okay? So you can imagine the density, okay? I used to think that I was not a very private person. Until I went to Mexico City and I said, well, where can I get away from people? Just to be by myself. <laughs> you know, uh, again, the Lord told Abraham to leave his area of comfort, Okay? Uh, and, and the Lord is telling us the same thing, um, that we need to leave. We need to leave our area of comfort, the, the, the people that we're always hanging around with, and go to those people that are not Christians, not followers of Jesus Christ, okay, and be with them. Be with them. And then, uh, and then he says, go. Go to the land that I will show you, the Lord told Abram. Verse uh, 2. Go to the land that I will show you. Now, that sounds great, but it's very challenging to be told by God your name, and then says, go to the land that I will show you. Now, think about Abram, okay? His, uh, his neighbors, his relatives. Where are you moving to, Abram? Are you moving to... Um, New York, are you moving to New Orleans? Are you moving to California, New Mexico? Where are you moving to? And Abraham will respond, well, God told me that he would show me the place where I would go. I think some of his friends and probably relatives started thinking, I think our friend Abraham is beginning to lose his cognitive ability at this old age. <laughs> I mean, it's normal, Okay. Uh, we all forget things, okay? But, but uh, this is part of what God wants us to do, to go, 
okay? To go and to depend on him. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, this is what the writer of Hebrews uh, wrote about Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when called to go, called to go to a place, says, he obeyed God and he went. And towards the end of that verse 11, uh, verse 8 says this. Even though he did not know where he was going, he got up and he went. Even though he did not know where he was going out. What do you think if we ever plan a mission trip like that? Where are you going? I have no idea. <laughs> now, do you see how challenging it is? Yet for Abram, that's what the Lord told him to do. Go. Go. Um, every year, we, have, we work with house churches in the mission center. We, we start new churches, and we also work with house churches. Um, new churches, church planting, is a traditional way of starting churches, where we have a sponsored church, and, and we have funding, and we provide funding as a convention, and so on and so forth. But we also start churches in apartments, in homes, in, uh, in the prison system, on, ca- on the college campuses, okay? And it's hard, you know, to, to, uh, to do those because we have no control. Here you have a lot of control. You know, you have a beautiful place where you can meet. You have sound system. You have air condition. You have heater in the summer. I mean, uh, sorry, air condition in the summer and heater in the winter, you know. Uh, it's great. But there's a lot of our brothers and sisters that come to know Christ in a house church. And every year, okay, every year. Minimum number of people that come to know Christ in a house church, 2,000 people. Isn't that something? How God works, people that will never walk through the uh, uh, doors of a conventional church building will attend a uh, service, a Bible study in a home or an apartment or a community center or on a campus, a college campus, okay? And in the process, they will hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And many of them will believe. Amen? That is wonderful. So we believe in starting churches in homes, okay? Uh, I think that is uh, uh, an excellent way of uh, reaching and bringing hope to, to a population that will never walk through the doors of a conventional church. You know, all this immigration that is coming all from uh, south, from different parts of the uh, different countries, okay? And they're coming through Mexico. There are Afghans, there are uh, Syrians, there's uh, people from Haiti. And some make it to the U.S. and some never make it to the U.S. Well, as a mission center, and thanks to the offerings that y'all give, we have ministries for refugees on the Mexico side of the border, and, for, and, and, and to, for immigrants on the U.S. side of the border. And there's thousands of people that come to know Christ. Uh, because many times when they are being deported, they lost everything. They lost hope. Because they wanted to help their, their relatives, their family. And they lost all hope because they were deported. And, um, and our brothers and sisters that are working on the border... Uh, bring him a, a hygiene kit. They give him a New Testament. If they're willing to listen, they share the gospel. 
They pray for them, and, uh, and then we hear from them when they reach their destination, okay, wherever they were from, they're going back. Uh, many of them attempt to come back, but many of them never come back, okay? But they heard the gospel, and many of them came to know Christ. And uh, uh, last year, okay, in, uh, in all of our uh, different ministries that we have, there were over 17,000 professions of faith. 17,000 professions of faith. There were about 1,420 baptisms, okay, out of those people that came to know Christ. So what does it mean to leave and to go? It means that we, many people are going to come to know Christ, okay? Many people are going to have hope in their lives, they're going to have a, uh, what do you call it, a new life in Christ. They have eternal life, okay? The sending God calls us to believe, to trust in him, okay? He says, he told Abraham, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Now, how can that be possible? An old Hebrew guy, Jewish guy. Without children, he didn't have any children at this point. The Lord is saying that he's going to bless all the peoples of the earth through him. Well, it is somewhat difficult to believe that God has chosen us, his people, the church, to bring a blessing of good news, of love, of hope, the message of salvation that is Christ in us, the hope of glory, to all the nations. God has chosen us. Amen? God has chosen you and me and as a church. He wants, he will, you know, it's monumental task, and only God can make it happen. Amen? We can do our own Small part. We're limited, okay? We're limited. Uh, we're imperfect. And if you're my size, we're small, okay? <laughs> but God has chosen us. And he wants to bless all of the world, all of the nations of the world, through the church, through people like us. Do we really believe this? Do we believe this? Because if we believe this, okay? And God calls us to believe. This is part of this. Uh, his plan, okay, the mission of God. The sending God calls us to believe and trust in him. He wants for us to participate and fulfill his mission in the world. So uh, if we believe, if we believe that he has, he's capable of doing this, then we need to prepare ourselves for that. You know what happens when we're, this is the whole thing about Advent, is the coming of, we prepare for the coming of the good news. We prepare for Christmas. We celebrate the birth of Christ. We prepare in different ways. Uh, we have three girls, um, Christy, Mandy, and Laurie. Two of them are married. And they're coming to Dallas for Christmas. And my wife and I were thinking, oh, what are we going to do with them? They're all going to be here. We're going to take them here. We're going to take them there. 
We would love for them to think, hey, let's move closer to mom and dad. But they're not going to do that, okay? So we make preparations because we have a hope. And they're coming for Christmas. Many of you will be seeing relatives, and you prepare for that. The Advent. If we believe that God has chosen us as his church to bless the world, and he has commanded us to make disciples of all the world, then we will act on that. Amen? Descending God invites us and commands us to obey him. He said to Abram, Genesis 18, uh, the second scripture, verses 18 and 19. And I want you to think of this as I read it in light of the Great Commission, okay? Because this is God's plan. This has been God's plan from the beginning, okay? Listen to what it says. The Lord is getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, okay? And he says this to Abraham. To Abraham and to uh, about him. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. And all the nations on earth will be blessed through him. Amen? Through this old Hebrew guy. For I have chosen him. Talking about election. I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Scripture says that God chose Abraham. That's election. Okay? Not to the exclusion of others. Hear me well, okay? God chose Abraham. Abraham. For what purpose? To include others. To bless others. Amen? To, so that others will come to know him, so that others will become God's people. And then it says here, okay, for I have chosen him, so that he will direct his children and his household after him, to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Not to keep the way of Sodom and Gomorrah, because that would, they were destroyed. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, chapter 8, chapter 12, chapter 12. Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen? So, the Lord said to, to his disciples, go or as you go, make disciples of all nations. We have an advantage as immigrants. We know what it means to be out of our comfort zone. And now we need to do it for Christ. Amen? To bring the hope of Christ to those that are, do not have a hope. It says, as you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be, will be with you always to the very end of this age. The mission belongs to God. The mission belongs to God. It's not, it's not my mission. It's not your mission. It belongs to God, and this is the mission of God. For us to love him and for him to redeem the entire world so that people will know who he is 
and find salvation in Him. So the, the, the mission belongs to God. The resources come from God. God is the primary source for missions. Amen? But God has chosen us to participate with Him in fulfilling His mission. We, the church, are being sent by God to fulfill His his mission in this world. Amen? So where, where is God calling you individually and as a church? What is God calling you to do? There are many aspects of missions. I mentioned medical mission. That's one. Starting new churches is another way. Working with children, sports is another way. Uh, helping uh, those that have suffered uh, from a natural disaster. We have a program that is called Bounce for, for students. And they go and they help homes and families that have, who's, that have lost everything because of a, an earthquake, because of a hurricane, because of a, an explosion like it happened in West some years ago. And we as a church are sent by God to go and help those people, bring hope to them. So what kind of missions is God calling you to do and how? And we, as the Center for Missional Engagement, want to partner with you, like Pastor Kim said, okay? We want to partner with you. How can we help you? How can we work together to bring a blessing to others, wherever the Lord is calling us. Amen? Wherever the Lord sends us, because He's sending us. So, as we think about Christmas, we have to think, if God sent His Son, and God sent the Spirit, now the Father, the Son, and the Spirit is sending us to be a blessing this Christmas to others, to those that are not yet God's people. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you because you have chosen us, like you chose Abraham. And Lord, you, you have invited us and commanded us to make disciples of all nations. Lord, that's a monumental task. And only you can do that. But we put, our hands in, we put ourselves in your hands, Lord. And we ask you, Lord, to use us, to send us where you want us to go, to do the things that you want us to do, Lord, so that others will hear your message and come to faith in you. Come to trust you, Lord. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us, Lord, because sometimes um, we don't want to go. Sometimes we don't want to leave the area of comfort. But, Lord, every time you ask us to do this and we obey you, people come to know you. And every time we obey you, Lord, we grow in our relationship with you. Thank you so much, Lord, and forgive us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.